And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective, where we very regularly try to put out an episode every three, four months or whenever we feel like it. It has been a long summer. I think many of us have been to Disneyland or at least Disney parks this summer. But now that we're getting back into the fall, we wanted to get together and we've got just a great topic uh, to go over tonight. And what an amazing panel that we have tonight. Joining us, uh, she was the queen of the Disney cruise ship. She is C. Shelley. Shelley, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm excited. And the man who dominated Disneyland all throughout the 90s. He is Nick at Night. Hello, hello. And we're coming into his absolute favorite time of the year, Joel Skellington. Hoi, hoi. And, of course, let us not forget, uh, he is the man, I was going to call you the man on the main street, but I think that's my moniker there. Yeah, but he, yeah. he is one of the hosts of Word on the Main Street, Sean Solo. Hello. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been too long. It has been way too long, and what a great group we have. And I will say Skipper Rob, who I believe is at, uh, let's see, yesterday he was at a Disney park, but right now he's at a park that shall not be named, uh, the <laughs> other parks that are out in Florida. So but he's going to be checking in with us for a, a little bit. Now, we tend to be Disney fans or what would be called Disney adults. And C. Shelley had this awesome idea for this episode. But I want to kick it off by saying uh, I've mentioned before that my wife is not a Disney guy, uh, like fan, not a Disney. I was going to say Disney guy. She's <laughs> not a Disney fan at all. She's just not. It's not her thing. She's not. But we were at the parks a few weeks ago and she is going with me to the parks in two weeks. So this is big for her. She's going to go three times total this year. But as I was coming down to record this is what it's like to be married to a not Disneyland person. Because she said, oh, your hat. And because it's an audio podcast, I'm wearing a Disneyland baseball cap. But the L and the A are Dodgers LA. So because I'm a big Dodgers fan. as is Go Dodgers. So yes. is my mug that you can't see. By the way, as of this recording, the only team in uh, the entire MLB that has uh, made it into the um, playoffs. So pretty exciting. They yes, are killing it right now, but then my t-shirt is a Los Angeles Lakers t-shirt that has captain America on it. It was a crossover they did. And my wife said, well, you're wearing a Disneyland shirt. Why aren't you wearing a Disney or you're wearing a Disney hat? Why aren't you wearing a Disney shirt? And I said, well, I am. And I pointed and she said, Oh, wait, is, is Marvel part of Disney? <laughs> oh, bless her heart. <laughs> This is a woman who has been to Avengers Campus, who has ridden Spider-Man. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, remember the Spider-Man ride? Remember when we saw all of the Marvel stuff there and we had food there? And we, she goes, wait, is that in, is that in California Adventure? And I, I love you, honey. And I'm going down to record now. So anyway, that set things up perfectly for the difference between Disney adults and very much not Disney adults. So... <laughs> One of the things that I think we've all run into is people who just do not get our affinity and love for Disney. Now, Sean, you host another podcast, a weekly podcast, The Word on the Main Street. So everybody knows you're a big Disney guy. Mm -hmm. What uh, what kind of feedback do you get from people? 
when when I tell them I'm a Disney person, a or Disney when they adult. just know it because they see you uh, in your T-shirts or whatever. Uh, I get mixed reactions. Um, most people are like, "Hey, that's cool. Uh, I, I like Disney too." But then you do have a lot of people that are like, "How old are you?" <laughs> uh, and and so it, it's a good mix. But I think a lot of people are starting to realize it's actually a fun place to be, even if you're not a child. So. Yeah. Joel, have you ever had uh, anybody call you out and think that your, uh, your love of Disneyland was strange? Absolutely. I had a dark period in my life that we won't go in too far, but I did tech sales um, for quite a while. And if you've ever been around a sales team of theoretical adults, uh, that tends to be a very macho and strong and alpha male kind of mentality. And so talking about going to Disneyland, it was always like, oh, I'm so sorry. I had to go with my family last year. And I was like, I'm the one pushing this. So, <laughs> um, so I was like, I, I probably don't belong here. And no, I'm not going to go play basketball afterwards. I'm going to go home. Thank you. Um, but uh, anyway, so it depends on the groups where I'm at right now. You know, everyone's you know more chill and it's, it's a much better fit for where I'm at. But but there's definitely times. See, Shelly, how about you? I mean, I do teach children and, and some of them go on Disney World trips. So like my day-to-day audience, I guess, is a fan of my Disney love and my Disney lanyards that I wear to work and clothing and whatever else. But um, for sure, I've gotten some strange reactions sometimes from people. Mainly, as soon as somebody walks into my house, they're like, because I have Oh, we're losing you there, Shelly. You're freezing up a little bit. Paintings on the wall and puzzles I've put together on the wall. And Oh, there we go. You're back. You you kind of froze out there for a second, but right. I think we I think we captured what you were saying. Oh, I'm it so does. sorry. Yeah, I just I have I've got a lot of Disney decor in my in my home. So people come into my home and I maybe have a little bit of a surprise of how much it has overtaken my life. But I do think it's people mostly think it's cool that I've worked for Disney. Yes. But the fact that so many of my vacations are surrounded around planning Disney trips, I think that's where where a little bit of the judge judgment happens. Nick, uh, you have been to multiple overseas parks, and uh, have people ever like second guessed? Wait a minute, you were in Hong Kong and you went to Disneyland. <laughs> Actually, I don't know that I got people. They criticized me for it. I think they were surprised because of all the things you can do at Hong Kong. Exactly. It feels like, why would you pick that? I I don't know that I had like a whole long list of people that like gave me crap about it. But I can say I have been surprised when um, people have come into my home. I'm a little like Shelly. I've got this um, tapestry of the stretch room from the Haunted Mansion as like the first wall that happens when you come into our house. And so I've had a lot of people walk in and go, oh, Disney fan, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you recognized it, so don't mock me. <laughs> I have had a few people that are like, what is this? Like, it's very strange, right? If you don't know what it is, it's a very strange thing to have hanging on your wall. So those are the people that when you explain it to them, they kind of have this, oh, interesting yeah, that's cute. 
you're an adorable adult. You know, like they kind of want to pat you on the head and look at you very differently. I, I think I've got what what I know Sean has in his home, which is uh, our own little carved out space of Disneydom, which I am sitting in now, which is my office, which all the prints on the back wall are all vintage Disney nice. prints as I'm showing off. Uh, and I know Sean, you've got a huge Madame Leota yeah. that, uh, you know, I, we're all jealous of your <laughs> Madame Leota print. So do you keep yours kind of confined more to that room than Sean? Yeah. Most of my Disney stuff's down here. I've, I've got my haunted mansion shrine, which is where the Madame Leota is and a bunch of haunted mansion memorabilia. And then I've got just a, a Disney shrine that's got all my other Disneyland and Disney stuff. And then I've got other pop culture in another section of my office. So. Joel, have any of your kids outgrown the cool or have gotten too cool for Disneyland? Oh, luckily they are uh, better than I was. I lost the cool for it much in my teenage years, but the, my kids are still, uh, we've kind of talked about what's your favorite vacation occasionally, and it will still always be Disney. Um, and that's, even though we've had all these other fun things, it's always like, yeah, but if I had the choice, it's Disney. You know, that's what they want to do. Nick, how about you? Do you have a kid who has kind of gone, yeah, Disneyland's okay? Yeah, I've got a daughter, my second oldest, who's 18, who, and I, you know, told her, oh, we're going to go to Disneyland and all that. And she goes, I really want to go to Super Mario World. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, Let's see, my middle son, Miles, uh, I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one trips with him to Disneyland, and uh, we went to a Halloween party, me, him, and our son, David. When we got home from it, he sat me down, and we had a very sad chat, and he said, Dad, I think I'm done with Disneyland trips. I love you. Uh, I want to do stuff with you. I'd love to go places with you, but I'm kind of, I just, as I've become an adult, I'm not a Disneyland guy anymore. It was very heartbreaking. It That's was so really, rushing. that was, that was really something. Now, conversely, see Shelly, are you, uh, are there some students who just think the fact that you were not only just at Disney, but some of the stuff you did with Disney, are there some that just think you must be the coolest person on earth? I I think that does happen occasionally, but I'll be honest, I'm fairly quiet about it, about what I did for Disney or working for Disney. I usually will talk about it in the very beginning of the school year when I'm introducing myself and stuff, but I, I typically keep it to the Disney Cruise Line part. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I still have this weirdness in me that I don't want to ruin any kind of magic. By Do you have any pictures of you as a character friend? Oh, I have, I have loads. No, I know like, you have pictures, not but I mean, that in the classroom no, I haven't or anything? shown them any, uh, no, not in all the years. I, I haven't. So I don't usually talk about the character performing stuff that I have done, but I definitely do have some, at least a couple students every year that are pretty obsessed with going to Disney world and their families love it. And they do think I'm the coolest. So that is so cool. Remind us again, which character friends you were. Mm, Mary Poppins. Um, Chippendale most of the time. And then there was the occasional Princess Leia for Star Wars weekends and occasional really random stuff based on my height, such as Mrs. Easter Bunny. 
<laughs> now let's clarify princess leia not with the job of the hut outfit in the Correct. white robe the right white robe mm-hmm. that's good that's good yeah that would be a lot more comfortable walking around the parks in the white robe yes so did you have the full buns on the side of the head the cinnamon rolls yep big old wig that is yep. phenomenal man mm-hmm. that's cool Well, we thought it'd be really fun, you know, to do a a dive into how did we become Disney adults? And one thing, uh, as I've talked to other people who are, quote, Disney adults, and this was, we should give credit to the phrase came from Flightless Bird uh, podcast. I had never heard Disney adult before that. Maybe it's a very common phrase, but uh, there was an episode where they were exploring it. Um, But one of the things as I've talked to other Disney adults I have had uh, multiple say, yeah, I had an experience when I was young or many experiences where it was so magical that it kind of hit me and it's carried me through ever since. And I'm re- I relive that when I go. And so I thought it'd be super fun for us to go through and kind of share some of those experiences. So we've asked each of the members of the collective to share one experience uh, when you were not an adult, and to clarify, that means you were not yet 18, for clarification, that, uh, you know, an experience that you had at Disneyland. So why don't we kick things off with uh, Joel Skellington? You want to give us your experience you've chosen that carried you into Disney adulthood? Uh, yes. In my um, age, uh, my brain kind of combines everything into a single memory. So uh, we're trying to def- define just a single one it was difficult, but I will tell you this. I was technically a Southern Californian growing up. Um, I grew up in Bakersfield and those who are real Southern Californians would deny that. But, um, <laughs> but I got the Southern South Southern California discount for Disneyland still. And we would go often. It was a two hour drive. Um, but uh, we would go often sometimes three, four times a year or more. Uh, my junior high would march there. And our uh, local uh, congregations in, in different churches would have nights that you would just go five o'clock, you'd go down to Disneyland and you'd, you know, spend the evening there kind of thing. It was just, uh, we went so often, but, but my memory really is, is of my family and we wore shirts before it was cool to all have a matching shirt. Um, and it was absolutely not cool. Uh, I had sent pictures to the collective <laughs> earlier today. These were not things that said like, Hey, I'm a Disney fan and this is my Disney family or anything. It was, they were just some hideous cloth, which I would guess was probably leftover cloth from something else that my mom would make shirts <laughs> for the entire family. Were they Disney um, themed? No, not at all. Uh, not anywhere close. Um, matching shirts. That's hilarious. Just, they we, we would all have the same shirt. And I think it was more just to kind of define and, and keep us from being lost and, and kidnapped because it was pretty obvious there with them. And uh, so we'd have that. And I would remember, too, that we'd go out to whatever goofy lot. Um, and as much as I love food, as everyone knows here, and it's one of my big drivers for Disneyland, I don't recall ever eating food in Disneyland. We would leave the park. We would go out to the parking lot, which is now California Adventure. Uh, and we'd grab the big green cooler out of the back facing seat of the station wagon. Um, open that up and have lunch and then go back into the park like that. Oh, yeah. Like that so was, many families did. Yeah. And that's just how you rolled. Like there was not even a question that you eat in the park. So 
Um, anyway, and I yeah, I sent a couple of pictures of the collective. It, they're kind of hard to see, but they're both different times. And both times you could see I have shirts matching with the people around me. Like it that's is amazing. They're great photos, Joel. Um, uh, anyway, so so I mean that's kind of so the feeling of family and togetherness and warmth, you know, is kind of what jumped. Especially when I had a family, all of a sudden Disney became more important. And we can go into my dark teenage days, like I said, where I would beg my family to not make me go to Disneyland. Um, because every time family would come in, we all go, and I'm like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to go. <laughs> um, that's a, also a whole nother story. <laughs> so is that what drove your love? Was this sounded negative? <laughs> it did sound negative, but I think it's because I realized I was a bum. Um, and then I went back. I mean, there was a, a number of years where I didn't go. And then I went back, remembering more of my last experiences, which are hanging out in the Starcade the entire day. Um, <laughs> and, um, and going, oh, this isn't going to be good. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, this is fun. This is delightful. And more hearkening back, I believe to my younger, my younger child that said, this is, this is fantastic. Are we allowed to share some of these pictures on our Instagram that everybody sure. contributed? Cause I think just about everybody sent in some pictures. So yeah, all about it, Joel, that's great. And that's what carries you this day to this day that you are. Are you the most excited in your family about uh, about Disney when you guys go? Um, I am the most probably truly excited, but I try and keep subdued. subdued. Um, but my kids, uh, especially my middle child, like he is constant. If he hears we're going to Disneyland, he's like there and he's got his pins and he's got everything lined up and he's ready and he wants to go. And um, But all my kids are, are very excited to go and I try and play it cool. Um, so I'm not this overbearing dad, but I, you know, walk in there like a, you know, five-year-old little girl <laughs> getting a pony for her birthday. Like it is just such excitement and glee. And I try not to giggle um, and, uh, and uh, try and act. Giggle. Embrace just, the giggle. With my, with my big old Jack Skellington shirt, you know, and I'm trying to be like, I'm a cool dad, but I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Sean Solo, what's your memory? Yeah, uh, when you became a Disney that that would carry you over to being a Disney adult. Uh, I would say it would definitely be like the earliest memory that I have of Disney. Uh, back on August eighth, nineteen ninety five, <laughs> six years old. Uh, <laughs> I've oh got a gosh. picture of the ticket uh, on my phone. But um, wait, what year was it? Uh, nineteen ninety five. <laughs> yeah, I I was married. Yeah, yeah, I was a six-year-old child at that point. Uh, sorry, everybody, um, <laughs> except maybe Shelly, <laughs> but I think everybody else is. Uh... I'm older than that. Okay, well, sorry, <laughs> sorry for aging everybody, but uh, but thank yeah. you. I'll take <laughs> this it. this was my first uh, trip ever. Um, I won't get into the the details of of the trip, but I do remember. Uh, going into the haunted mansion with my uncle, uh, well, with my family, but I wrote it with my aunt and uncle. And I just remember being in awe. Like, I totally believed that the ghosts were real. It, it didn't scare me. I was super like enthused about it, super intrigued by it. Um, and I also remember going into the tiki room. Uh, and at the end of the tiki room, there's a bunch of buildup, right? Those drums are going. It it gets intense. 
And then the storm starts. There's lightning, there's thunder, rain's pouring outside. I remember legitimately thinking it's raining outside. Yeah. What are we going to do? Like we don't have umbrellas. <laughs> I, I was very concerned. Um, and then, you know, that door opens, we go outside and it's warm, it's sunny. So just, just that magic as a child and being able to remember that is something that has just stayed with me and being able to like, keep that mindset when I go as an adult, uh, is pretty cool and being able to see my kids experience that type of uh enchantment is really really cool these days as well and and i mean disney keeps up on on rides and uh effects and everything and so even to this day there's attractions i ride and i'm just like how did they do that that's insane um but yeah i i would say those first early memories of going with my aunt my uncle and Obviously, my parents and my brother, who isn't here today, but uh, we do the podcast together. But yeah, uh, that that trip was definitely a big one for me. You know, and, to put further context on this, the picture he shared with the collective has the Lion King was the yeah. thing that got released yeah. when he went on this trip. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So old. I saw yeah. the Lion King in theaters with my wife. <laughs> I remember the theater. It was in Manhattan Beach, California, is when we were living in Southern California. And uh yeah, but you know, whatever. Doesn't make me old. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sean, that's great. That's great that you carry it through. I gotta tell you, I will just say, having been to Disneyland with Sean a couple of times now, uh Sean is one of the most fun guys to go to the parks with because yeah. <laughs> he gets into everything that's there and he lives it. And uh, we went one time. Wait, have we been twice or three? T- twice. Anyway. Uh, yeah, at least twice. Yeah. I think just twice. And uh, but but uh, man, we had such a good time. And it's always fun when you go with a Disney adult who's as into it. I have to say my wife is a great sport about it, but it's <laughs> It's a lot of fun when you go with someone who's way into it. All right, see Shelly, what you got for us? Okay, so I I am gonna end with a particular story for a couple minutes, but I have to like buzz through a, a little bit of a nice timeline, um, just because there's there's so many things, and it took my whole life to become a Disney adult. So, oh. um, I, some really early memories are just that my my parents were Disney adults. <laughs> So they, they told lots of stories and, um, my dad always talked about how he got to go one time with his uncle. It was back when you could rent out the park, like a business or company could rent out the park and he got to go all night long and have hardly anybody there. And both my parents went, uh, either the year or the year after Disneyland opened, um, so I got a lot of stories from, and I was parented by some Disney adults. So it starts there. Love it. Uh, my very first memory at all. I actually remember a time I was three. Um, I don't remember anything else about this day, but I do remember being inside a stroller that was the kind that kind of had like the plastic wrapped all around for when it rained. Oh, yeah. Sort of like a stroller umbrella situation. I remember being inside there and being pushed through Disneyland and rain falling on top of that plastic covering. So for whatever reason, that is my first official Disneyland memory, but I remember nothing else. 
from that day. Um, something growing up that, that was always a staple that kind of got my love going. I'm a big Disney character fan and the movies and stuff that was really ingrained in me. And so every time we went, I got to get a new stuffed animal of a, a new character every time we left. So I remember that always at the end of the night. So that was kind of back before I had a pass. And so we would go once or twice a year. And I remember being able to get a new animal and they all still exist. They're in my parents' house in one bedroom because they take over the whole thing. It's sort of like a whole room of stuffed animals. Um, I remember being 10 and riding space mountain for the first time. And I was really scared. My sister-in-law got me to go. And then the age of passes started for me. So once I was like in junior high and Started going with my cousins a lot. I have a lot of really good memories of those times. We'd go in the summers and get the big, big jawbreakers from the candy store and eat on them for a couple nice. weeks. Um, and we'd always try to ride Splash Mountain and fill the whole log, basically, with all of the family. Um, Fantasmic. I know I've talked about it before, but that's really near and dear to my heart. So I have a lot of memories of going with, with our passes and just camping out for quite a while waiting for the show. And that would maybe be the only thing we did actually, while we were there, just fan was all about phantasmic and boy, I loved that show. I can't think of if there. Oh shoot. Shelly, you froze again. Darn it. Well, we, we uh, so something about that has been, but um, Shelly, I will end you, with a Shelly, particular you froze story up there for a second. Can you hear me? Yeah, you you froze up for a second. It was uh, right after sometimes that was the only thing we did. You just okay. froze for a I'm second. I'm so sorry. I'm not sure what my, I think right. my internet is doing something tonight for some That's, reason. I've tried to Your internet is not a Disney internet. It just doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't appreciate it. doesn't want to give you, know, you the Apparently bandwidth. not. No, but that's okay. Sorry. But no, the rest was great. Keep going. Um. So anyway, yeah, fantastic memories. And then I'll end with one particular kind of funny story that um, that goes along with going with my cousins a lot. So once I was in high school, there was this one time my cousin Kevin and I went, we used to go all the time on weekends and just take our passes, hang out there, kept me out of trouble. I think, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have gotten in trouble anyway. I wasn't that kind of kid, but going to Disneyland on weekends was like the cool thing that I did all the time. So, uh, but he and I were there one time getting some bread bowls and watching the Mulan parade and whatnot. And we, we wanted to stop on the way home. Speaking of not actually eating in the parks, we wanted to stop on the way home to get some kind of fast food or whatever. And it was going to put us home after our, uh, like our curfew. He was 15 and I was 16. I believe I was actually, I actually drove us there. And for whatever reason, we sat on a curb on main street and devised this really elaborate letter that we were going to call my mom from a, from a payphone, of course, with a quarter and read her this letter to try to get permission to be home late. And I had her send me a picture of it. And this is what the letter said. <laughs> Am I speaking to the presiding head female of the young residents? This is your obedient, appreciative, punctual, esteemed daughter. I have called to report that the production of light magic was extravagant. We have now traveled to the parking lot on our Robin Hood section, not visited by the Disneyland tram. Being ravenous and parched as a result of being parsimonious with our spendings because of the accelerated prices of the small portioned so-called meals, (laughs) 
We will now begin our journey home, however, deviating minorly. Hence, we will be visiting a fast food facility of a local convenience, preferably one that is geographically desirable from our concluding destination. If traffic permits, we will be arriving home to your presence in approximately 46 minutes and 32 seconds. Thank you for your consideration. So she still had that, and I thought that would be a fun, funny memory to share. And I l- was kind of giggling at it, like I don't, I don't remember that the tram didn't visit the Robin Hood section, or like I'm not even sure it was Light Magic a parade, probably. But Light Magic was a parade. There we go. So anyway, lots of fun memories, but I just it was such a part of my growing up. I went all the time, and I, I it is a magical, safe, secure place. It's always there for you. Your life can fall apart, but Disneyland is not going anywhere and neither are the Dodgers. So I amen to everything you just said, (laughs) Shelly. That is beautiful. Said the fans of Brooklyn. (laughs) Nick at night. (laughs) (laughs) So I, similar to Shelly, I was a Southern California native, was born in Los Angeles and moved to uh, San Diego County when I was around 10 years old. And so I had some trips when I lived in Los Angeles when I was very young. And so some of my very early memories are the my dad carrying me out to the parking lot kind of memories. Uh, I don't remember all the specifics, but I remember those types of details. But because we would go back and forth, like all our family was still in Los Angeles. So even when we lived in San Diego, we would drive up the five freeway and we would pass by the Matterhorn. I'd see that sticking up over the side. And I always kind of looked at that as someplace I wanted to be and had happy memories of it as a kid. But my real Disney moments, as Sean alluded to in my introduction, came in the mid-90s, in my end of my sophomore, all of my junior, and all of my senior year of high school, uh, we had year-round passes, and we went every weekend. And so if Sean Solo was there on a weekend, I was probably there at the same time you were. Um, But the reality was is that that became the thing that my friend group did. So I not only had happy family memories, but it was the thing that my friends did all the time. It's funny because I'm what you might call the only Disney adult of that group. I, By the way, I've never really identified myself that way. Um, you should. I, I fall into that category, but I've never like worn it as some badge. But so Disneyland, again, became a big thing for me at that time in my life because that's when I was deciding who I wanted to be. And because Disney was so much a part of my personal development, I think there is so much of who I see myself as connected Mm -hmm. to the parks. And there is a time period in there where I would say that I was in this developmental stage where I felt a kinship to Walt like I, I loved what he did with his life. I lo- loved that. what he created, brought joy to other people, and I wanted the same thing. For whatever my life was going to be, whatever that meant as I grew up, I knew I wanted to do something that would bring joy and happiness to other people. And as I grew older, I would read like Walt's biography 
and become like engrossed in how this man thought and just all the things that went into it. And as much as people want to make fun of Disney adults, Disneyland was started by an adult. So it's not that crazy to think that an adult would find some, not only joy, but a level of appreciation that even kids wouldn't get. Like Mm -hmm. I could look at all those windows on main street and have a, in tremendous respect for the names of those people who dedicated their time, their talents, and developed into something special that millions of people have found joy in. And so I, I, to me, being a Disney adult means carrying that spirit of creation, that spirit of wanting to bring joy to other people in all the different aspects of my life. Now, granted, I, I mean, it goes much deeper than that. Like when I wanted to date a girl, you know, some guys go and they buy the girl flowers. I wanted to buy a crystal flower from the store on Main Street, and that's the flower I wanted to give. Like it was really ingrained in me that this is undeniable magic. If you, mm-hmm. you really wanted to, to court this girl, you needed to do it through Disneyland. If you wanted to get someone a nice present, you needed to get it through Disneyland because that's where all the nice stuff was. And so as an adult now, I feel like not a responsibility, but it would be a really great opportunity for my children to find joy in the things that Disney has made and give them a chance to experience it and let that be part of their life because it's empowered mine in some way, and I would hope that it would empower theirs. My gosh, I love that, Nick. So good, Nick. Mm, it was Man, like an amen. I don't want to go after that. <laughs> uh, I want to clarify, I was there on a Tuesday. Oh, well, then I, I definitely didn't see you. <laughs> I oh, looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, we did we did bands, like our marching band got to march down the parades yep. on Main Street. We had uh, my mm-hmm. grad night was there. Yeah. I did 24-hour fitness at a party, an all-night party, and I went to that. I mean, I seriously took it, as many opportunities as I reasonably could and had money for and find find my way to Disneyland and mm-hmm. it was it was such a magical thing like and it's becoming an even bigger thing since we started this podcast by the way I blame you Sean <laughs> you're welcome I've got like my my parents bought me a Mickey toaster oven for Christmas this year and I got Love uh, it. a Mickey and Minnie glass my wife and I have decided to change out our wedding rings for Mickey and Minnie silicone rings and like it seems like over the last couple of years it's been like bumped up as love a it. thing and and I love it. I, they bought me. I'm in my new studio space that I just built in my backyard, and my family to christen it got me a haunted mansion uh, welcome mat that says "Our tour begins here." And so it, it's gonna it's gonna be all over this studio. Why are you blurring out your studio? Your studio is blurred in the background. Oh, I don't know. It's just stock. I can unblur it for everybody. Yeah, Nick has a Nick has built a whole new recording studio. Let me see where is it? Here? Just for the Castle Collective. Just for that. no other reason. It's nothing to do with my day job. It has nothing to do with the fact that Nick is a professional audio engineer. It's it's still not finished, so you can see that. Oh, that's awesome. There's a, a great door space. That I, haven't, I haven't put up, but I've got some acoustic stuff happening. In nice, there. Nick. So we'll get there. Well, I Nick, what you just shared is absolutely beautiful. Really, really nice. So I appreciate it. 
And uh, oh, look at that! That's the Mystic Manor background. Mystic Manor for the rest. Nice. All right, mine is. uh, I'm going to take a very similar path to what Shelley did because I'll share a couple of just early things that led up to it. But I have one experience that's pretty memorable and was pretty monumental for me, uh, and that is that uh, when I was little. So I'm I'm a weird hybrid. I was born in Orange County. I was born in Fullerton. Uh, which is about 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from Disneyland. My father went to Anaheim High School, and uh, my parents were married down there, and uh, my grandparents still lived in Anaheim, but we moved to San Jose, California, which for our listeners who don't know, that's in the Bay Area, Northern California. It's a you know six or seven hour drive out to uh, Orange County, out to Anaheim. But we did it often because my grandparents lived there when I was growing up. And as I've shared on this show before, my grandfather on my dad's side was in construction. He worked for a company called J.B. Allen, where he was a foreman on a project called Pirates of the Caribbean. And so he had, and unfortunately, so much of it is lost to history, but he had all kinds of cool little keepsake and memories Uh, But uh, little things he had. One thing that I have is my grandfather's hand drill uh, because it was before the age of power drills. So this was a wooden drill that was kind of a funky U shape. And you put your hand on one side and hand on the other and you twist it around. And that's how you drilled things. It was the drill he used on the Haunted Man or on uh, the Haunted Man. I was looking at Mystic Manor behind you, Nick, on Pirates of the Caribbean. So growing up, uh, Disneyland and my grandfather were very connected. So I loved it from a very early age. We'd we'd always go down to visit my grandparents for a week or so, and we every year we'd we'd go we'd go to Disneyland two or three times, and and I just loved it. When I was uh, probably twelve or so. My family got a foreign exchange student who came and stayed with us. His name was Sinisha, and he was from the former uh, Yugoslav, uh, for what formerly was Yugoslavia. And his parents sent him to study in the U.S., and he moved in with us. And he was three or four years older than I was, so he was probably 15, and I was probably about 12 or so. And his parents were very wealthy. His father was a shipping magnate out of... Yugoslavia. And then his parents came uh, to the U.S. to visit, and they took our family out to dinner, and they were leaving the next day. They were flying out to Orange County to go to Disneyland, and they were taking Sinisha. And they also had Sinisha's sister. Sinisha's sister was uh, uh, maybe seven or eight years old. Uh, Sinisha's mother spoke no English at all. Sinisha spoke great English, and his dad spoke decent but very broken English. And he was a large, commanding, ship captain-looking man with a big old beard. And so we all went out to dinner, and he said, so tell me about Disneyland. And I uh, said, oh, here's what you want to do. And you want to go to this place, and you want to go to that. And, and then he, I said, where are you staying? And he said, Disneyland Hotel is good, no? Yeah, it's the best. And you know, that's all there was then. So I was super jealous. And so I was giving him all these tips. And then all of a sudden, while we were all out to dinner, he said, you go with us. And, well, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to go with you. He said, no, you go, you go. And I said, 
no, I don't need it. He said, you go. And I looked at my parents. And my parents were like, no, you don't need to do that. And he said, you are taking care of our son. I take your son to Disneyland. And that was the night before they were leaving. <laughs> so he booked a flight. And sure enough, he's, he, the father explained he wanted me to be the guide. He's like, none of us have been there. So we flew out. He got me and Sinisha our own room at the Disneyland Hotel. And we went to Disneyland with their family. And I was kind of their guide with them. And of course, he wore a full suit. And the mother wore a full dress. And they were very formal Yugoslavian family. And I loved Sinisha. We were pretty good friends. But we walked around. We rode a bunch of rides. And at about 4 o'clock, he said, okay, we go back now. We go to bed. And uh, he said, and he said, here for dinner. And he gave Sinisha like a $50 bill, which this was back. This would have been like 1985. This was the most money I could ever imagine. (laughs) And there were no, there were not two parks. There was just Disneyland park. And all of a sudden it was just me and Sinisha. And that was my first time. I wasn't a kid, but I wasn't an adult. You know, I was 12. So I was kind of in that weird tweener stage. And Sinisha and I ran around and had the best time. And we picked up on girls and we rode rides and we made stupid jokes and we had 50 bucks to blow. We probably had 10 churros because they were probably a buck 50 at the time. And if that, maybe they were a dollar. And I felt like the king of the world. And I remember thinking, I want this. And I am going, I remember thinking when I'm an adult, I'm going to do nothing but this. I'm going to go to Disneyland every chance I get because I want this feeling. And then we went back to our own room at the Disneyland hotel. And then the next day we rode Disneyland and I had, you know, a good Velcro wallet with $10 in it. And somehow I lost it on space mountain. It had fallen off. And I was so bummed because I was going to buy a t-shirt and I, you know, Sinisha told his dad what had happened. He said, I buy you t-shirt. I buy you shirt, which shirt? And he bought the shirt And I said, no. And he ended up buying the shirt. And he said, now you have no cash? And I said, no, I don't have any cash. He gave me a $50 bill. And then he gave Sinisha a $50 bill. Mm -hmm. And at two o'clock, he said, we are tired. We go back to room. And he took the daughter and his wife and they took off. And again, we had a second entire night at Disneyland. And it was just the most exhilarating thing. I felt like I was the king of the world. Next morning, we got up, we flew back home. And Disneyland was cemented in my mind that it was not a place for little kids. It was a place for me. I think that was one of the crossover moments that I really became a Disney adult. So anyway, that's my my experience. And I think every one of us could share hundreds of them. I think we'll do an episode at some point where we just share special, special memories uh, from Disneyland. Because I know we've all got them, but that was a fun one for me. Well, that's really it. That's what uh, turned us into Disney adults. Any closing thoughts from anyone in the collective? I do want to say, Sean, when you were you were telling such a lovely story, so I didn't interrupt. But when you said that about your wallet on Space Mountain, I just need to pause and say, that's like my biggest fear. Not my wallet falling out, but getting hit in the face by something <laughs> on Space Mountain or on some sort of dark roller coaster. I Every, I love them, but every time I get on Space Mountain or Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney World or I 
went on one recently here near near the home of, that I live in uh, called Kings Island. But anyway, um, I have this ultra fear of somebody d- dropping something and then it's going to whack me in the face while I'm going through Space Mountain. So as you told that, I, I was like, <gasps> how do you know it didn't hit anybody? Anyway, <laughs> well, my- if it did, they got themselves a free $10. So that's, I mean, you know, it's not the worst. Mickey helmet. So they never kicked. It never got back to you, Sean. I've had two different family members who've had wallets dropped in various places at Disneyland. One was on uh, Peter Pan, uh, my little sister. I think I think it was a wallet. It was something she bought like that um, there at the place and dropped it probably in London someplace. And uh, and it was like a two weeks later, it gets you know shows up at our house. You know, it gets it, there, and then my brother-in-law, similar. Uh, his wallet, it was on Haunted Mansion, you know, dropped out and and it was a wallet that had a lot of stuff and a lot of memories on it too. It had some some stuff. He he worked in law enforcement, had his badge from when he was a uh worked in that kind of stuff and, and it got back. Everyone I know who's lost a wallet got it back. Except for you. Well, I'm pretty sure that being twelve I didn't have uh identification in it. Yeah, probably and just the money and a little cute wallet. <laughs> Ten dollars and a, a checkerboard uh, you know, Velcro hang loose wallet, I'm pretty sure is what it was. It wasn't even a van's wallet. It was like, you know, you you remember Joel, the hang loose yeah. oh. velcro trifold and oh yeah, yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Uh yeah. So that's so I know I never got it back, but I got so much more. And I, I still have a hat swimming around in the storybook ride somewhere <laughs> that they couldn't get out. We could probably do an entire episode just on things that we've lost. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I, uh, I actually recently uh, just this week lost $1,500 at Disneyland. As well. <gasps> yeah. well, well, it was a lot wild. more than 50 it was dollar bill an, that you were, I, I was buying an annual pass. So <laughs> you stupid. I like to. I thought you really did because. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I really seems did. plausible. I really did lose fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, I just think of what you gained, Sean, with a credit card, and yeah, <laughs> I, I gained twelve more months of this stuff. But uh, no, they they they're very cruel in that you when you get to within thirty days right now of your expiration of your current annual pass, you have. 30 days, that final 30 days of your pass to renew. And if you go one day over, like the next day, they're all kind of horror stories about people. Oh, I forgot. The day after they say, nope, sorry, not a thing we can do for you. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger like an idiot that I am. And I got another 12 months of all this goodness. Because you know, it makes sense. It's a good investment for somebody living in Salt Lake City to spend (laughs) $1,500 on a place so far away. So anyway, guys, well, listen, this was a lot of fun tonight. We really appreciate it. If you enjoy the show, you could leave us a review. And uh, I can't promise it's going to be less than three months, but I would guess it's going to be less than three months. You can promise that it'll be less than three months. Yeah, now that we're back into the the sort of the more of the school year, summer really was wild, but uh, we'll be doing these more regularly for sure. And tonight, that was a lot of fun. So on behalf of C. Shelley, Nick at night, Joel Skellington, Sean Solo. I have been Sean Rapier. We will catch you guys next time on the Castle Collective. 